0: I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kind of Cute. And if you are new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kind of Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, I like only did half of my intro last week. I literally take one week off, and I can't remember how to do my own damn intro. So in case you caught that, um, I apologize. <laughs> It is my 69th episode. All the more reason you would think I would have that down by now. But, you know, "Q Ariana 34 plus 35. I just played it to remember how she does it. It's like, 34, 35. I don't know. It's so crazy high. I wish I could do that. So I think it's fitting to start off this 69th episode with a Cardi B sighting. So Verge, a, you know, frequent contributor to the Kind of Cute podcast, sent me A text conversation she had with her friends. So her friend texted her and said, guys, Cardi B was in front of me in the security line at the Houston airport today. She let me go in front of her at the x-ray. I'm shook. Verge says, what? Submit this to Bailey for a kind of cute episode. I just had to give her props for saying that. Like, we love a kind of cute plug. Someone replies, Cardi B flies commercial. The girl who saw saw her says, she did today, but she was clear. (laughs) And then, I hope this is okay that I'm sharing this. Uh, Virge's husband says, "I wonder what she looks like in person. I assume sort of like an alien." And then the girl who saw her says, "So she had a gray sweatsuit outfit with a giant hood and had the baby with her. Oh, cute. And I didn't realize it was her until she told me I couldn't I could go around her. and I noticed her giant butt and her giant ring. Then I shamelessly stared at her face. Her skin is flawless. So, I mean, that just confirms to me what I already knew. Like, I imagine Cardi B looking so flawless in person and having a really nice butt and a really nice ring. So, we love that. Her baby's culture, right? Is that her baby? Yes. So, so adorable. Uh, again, i very ch- Hope that's okay that I shared that story. I tried to redact the name other than yours. And, and I didn't even say your husband's name. You know, keeping it really, really uh, secretive up in here. <laughs> Guys. The big news today, which has made me in a good mood all day, like I was on a high, and I feel like I manifested some good things my way. I was at the Tropical Smoothie by my work, picking up my sad wrap, and the guy gave me two Ghirardelli salted caramel chocolates. Those are my favorite Ghirardellis. So, I mean, I was just riding a high. And the Taylor Swift album, the second part, let's call it the second part of folklore, it's called Evermore, is getting released tonight at midnight. The only sad thing about that is that now I'm going to have to keep my geriatric ass up until midnight tonight to listen. I really want to set the mood this time. Last time when Folklore came out, uh, my friends Elena and Matt were at a, and Karen were at a cabin. um, And they like lit, actually I think it was just Elena and Matt who participated in this. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but they lit candles. They wore like their little moos, They had wine. They listened to it on like this like a projector screen. Am I, is this all in my head? Like, this is how I feel like it was. Yeah. 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 Kenzie's confirming. She also thinks it was a projector screen. So it was just immaculate vibes. Yes. It's very on brand for them. We all aspire to that level. So I don't know. I just feel like I need to do something tonight. Like, I don't know. Like, is it a margaritas at midnight? Do we do like, I wish I actually, what I'd really like is like a um, decaf, Espresso Martini at midnight. Kenzie says she could whip that up, guys. That might be the vibe. I wish I was like enough of a personality that I could just live stream the whole track by track review of it. I am not witty enough. I am not a personality enough. It would be me on an Instagram live with like some stranger I haven't talked to since middle school. Like that. (laughs) That would be the scene. I would love that. Um. I have so many social media things I've been enjoying lately. Again, tonight, today we're very heavy on my my intro, my lead-in to so the cut articles because there's just been a lot that has happened recently that I wanted to talk about, which is nice because last week I felt like I was really lacking. So the first thing I've really been enjoying is there's this trend going around on TikTok, and it's kind of transitioned into Instagram where people will – Posted TikTok and it will say, if Miley comments on this, I will do so and so. So it's like, if Miley tells me what tattoo to get, I will tattoo it on my body. So that was a great one. Someone did that and Miley commented like, how about the date and location of our first date? And then she had like a little tongue sticking out, a little wet emoji. And, you know, it was was a girl like, you know, she dabbles in the lesbianic pool I just I live for that energy that Miley's putting out there and she's been commenting on so many and someone was like why is Miley commenting on all of these and Miley's like I'm bored I'm in quarantine so it's just the energy that I really needed out of this year she's bringing me that another thing I really enjoyed was Kiki my girl Kiki my number one like if I could manifest my number one ultimate guest on this podcast it would be Kiki Palmer and She, I was devastated because I told you guys how I went to that Bon Appetit event and the night before that event, like at the main, I don't know what to, like the main part of the Bon Appetit best weekend event, Kiki was there, which I don't really understand how that brand mashup happened, but it was just like my two worlds colliding. And the fact that I didn't get to see her immaculate face in person I was so sad about, and then at the Bon Appetit event, all I wanted to ask anyone was if they had got to talk to Kiki, it was like I was deranged, like every person I saw was like, did you talk to Kiki, did you talk to Kiki, and everyone was just like, no crazy girl, I didn't get to talk to, like who, who is Kiki, and I'm just like. If you don't know who Kiki is, just exit yourself from this podcast. Anyway, she posted a makeup video because she was talking about very candidly about having to cover up acne. And as someone who's 31 and still deals with a lot of acne and literally like stays on birth control because if I go off, my skin becomes Mount Vesuvius. I really relate to the fact that it's something that people struggle with. And I know it sounds like so stupid, like obviously celebs just like us, but I feel like so often they're, they're getting so many treatments whatever that they don't necessarily deal with it as much as the normal person does and it was just really refreshing to see Kiki doing her own makeup talking through it going through it step by step saying like this is what works for me maybe this won't work for you but in giving like legit tips like one thing was like she had these little flaky things like little dryness from the acne and kind of when she was done with the concealing she dabbed a little bit of like Cetaphil or Aquaphor on it like the petroleum kind on it to help it lay down. And it really worked. And I was like, oh, those are like, I love a petrolatum product. (laughs) Anyways, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Uh, Brittany and Jax were fired from Vanderpump Rules. Leading, I feel like I had to talk about this because we talked about Kristen and Saucy, And I think it was just kind of inevitable that Vanderpump Rules is not going to come back in the same fashion it was. I just don't think it could exist in the same way when the whole primary cast is pretty much pregnant and they've all moved to the valley so I don't know I really don't have any thoughts on that I just wanted to tell you in case you weren't aware they keep being like stay tuned so no one really knows what they're going to do with it but we'll see Uh, Tiffany Haddish had some drama with the Grammys so per variety Tiffany was asked by the Recording Academy to host the pre-show for the Grammys but she declined because she wasn't offered any monetary payment, which first of all, how appalling is that? I mean, to not pay someone for what is actually, I am sure, very, very hard work. So Harvey Mason Jr., who is the interim president of the Recording Academy, has apologized to Tiffany, saying that the situation was, quote, just brought to my attention. Unfortunately, and without me knowing, the talent booker working for the Academy told Ms. Haddish that we wouldn't even cover her costs while she hosted this event. To me, that was wrong. I'm frustrated by that decision. It was a lapse in judgment. It was in poor taste, and it's disrespectful. He added that he personally expressed regret and displeasure to the Recording Academy over how they treated Tiffany. I mean... I was thinking at first when I read this that they weren't offering her additional payment. I thought thought for sure they're offering her, you know, a per diem on food, hotel, all of that. The fact that they weren't even going to cover her costs for coming and doing the Grammys pre-show. Are you joking me? And this is on the heels of the Grammys already getting a lot of heat for not being diverse with their nominations. The Weeknd didn't get nominated for his album, which... Blinding Lights spent a ton of time at number one on the billboards and is honestly a great song. And then Justin Bieber talking about how he doesn't understand how his album was put in the pop category instead of the rhythm and blues category. So you would think with all this scrutiny that the recording company is under, they would at least have the decency to offer Tiffany what she is worth, which let me tell you is way more than zero dollars anyway, speaking of something on a happier note, I kept seeing on TikTok when my I was perusing. This was a, probably a month ago because I haven't really been on a lot recently. These people wanting to do a Ratatouille Broadway production. So all of these creators were like duetting each other, singing these songs that they had made up. They made faux... Um, playbills for it, like they had everything matched up. It was it was really incredible. I mean, I know Taylor's done a lot during quarantine, but these people pushing for the Ratatouille on Broadway, I mean, they're they're up there with Taylor Swift. So, Today Ticks today, which is like a very popular seller of Broadway tickets, they run a lot of contests. I actually won uh, my free Harry Potter and the Cursed Child tickets through Today Ticks. So, shout out to them because I was to date one of the best trips ever. I went with Kinsey. I love that show so much. Anyways, they announced that they are doing a, it must be like an online, it's probably gonna be like an online broadcast show. It might even just be on Zoom, but the proceeds from it are going towards the actors fund and they are actually making a ratatouille musical happen oh my God. that is truly no. the power of the internet i think it's going to be amazing i can't wait to see it i'm going to like we might have to do like a showing of it I watch it's also fitting like Disney really should be behind this like more so and like really making a big deal out of it because Epcot is having this huge ratatouille section built out so i mean they they really should have i hope these people are getting compensated the tiktok people that's all i'm saying pay people for their creative work don't try to screw them over and that's on period okay moving on to happiest season kenzie and i watched that it's a queer rom-com i'd say is how i'd probably describe it which i'm sorry to even put it in a different category like that but because we have such a dearth of queer rom-coms it feels important to section it out like that and the main plot is that kirsten davis her character is named abby mackenzie davis plays what's her name shit harper, harper. so abby and harper are dating and abby like has gone through it she's an orphan she became an orphan at 19 she loved Christmas back then with her family. But since then it's kind of become a bummer, obviously, because her parents passed away when she was 19. And Harper's like, I want to make this Christmas the best yet. Like, come home, come celebrate Christmas with me and my family. But unfortunately, Harper hasn't told her uptight ass family that she is lesbian. So she just says that Abby is her roommate. And it's kind of about all the hijinks that occur with that. And it's it's really touching and cute. And Uh, Mackenzie Davis who plays Harper did a interview with The Cut and the author who wrote that article identifies as queer and I just thought that was also a cute little article that I didn't really want to cover as like an actual article because there wasn't a ton of content it wasn't a Sanjita interview let's put it that way Um, but at the end the authors who I I think I just said identifies as queer her and Mackenzie Davis exchanged emails and the author's like going to be able to send Mackenzie Davis her favorite BBC radio links. And I just, I just thought that was some heartwarming cheer that I needed. Speaking of other things we watched, Happiest Season is on Hulu, by the way. We broke down and watched The Princess Switch switched again. No, 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 no. We watched The Princess Switch. Oh, I was getting there, Kenzie. Trust me and my podcasting skills a little bit, honey. So Kenzie had not seen the first Princess Switch. So of course I was like, well, we have to do a viewing of the princess switch before we delve into the princess switch switched again. But I really didn't want to put myself through that again, but it does have my favorite line about five minutes in guess. We're going to Belgravia. (laughs) Oh, it's so awful. It's true. It's an awful movie in the best way. And so I suffer, I make her suffer through that. And then immediately after we put on princess switch Switched again. Now in this thing, Vanessa Hudgens is playing 3 roles. 3 distinct roles with 3 different accents, costuming, the whole shebang. Now, again, when we we're talking about paying people their due, if Vanessa Hudgens didn't get paid for all 3 of those roles, so like triple what everyone else is making, then something is wrong in the world. And this movie was just so absurd. But one thing that really tickled me was there's this one scene where it's a big gathering of people and they have this shot of the actors from The Christmas Prince with their baby. Because you know now there's like five freaking Christmas princes, which honestly, that movie sucked way more than Princess Switch. And I was just like, wow, like the Netflix universe is really doing that. And what makes it even more funny is in the first Princess Switch movie, Kevin, who's one of the characters, is watching (laughs) – is watching A Christmas Prince on Netflix. But then all of a sudden, fast forward to Princess Switch switched again, and the royal family is now real. And they're at this large event. I'm not saying what the event is, because I don't want to spoil this highly predictable movie for you. So that's all my updates for this week. We can finally get into the articles. Let's begin. The moon had a very exciting year by Amanda Arnold. I obviously had to talk about this article because it recaps a few moments that we've discussed on this very podcast. And additionally, I am a very proud native of Countdown County, Florida, Brevard County, area code 321, baby. I finally got myself a NASA sweatshirt this past week that I've been wanting for a very long time. It was only $25. So I felt like this was all very fitting and I'm about to read you this first part of the article in full because it is perfection, it is beauty, it is everything I love about this world. So it says, a billionaire tried to use her, as in the moon, to find a girlfriend. In early January, lonely billionaire Yusaku Mezawa, 44, male, Japan, had an ingenious thought. Perhaps he could find a girlfriend and take her on a free trip to the moon. Conveniently, he already had a lunar trip penciled in for 2023 and had even secured a deal with a television network to chronicle his blossoming romance on a show called Full Moon Lovers. I think we could have come up with a better name than that, but (laughs) we'll go with it. He just needed applicants, specifically as he described on the show's application website, single women aged 20 or over who are always positive and who wish for world peace is he just looking for Miss Universe pageant applicants? The ladies were enticed. In just two weeks, more than 27,700 applied for Mezawa's consideration. A number The Bachelor revealed on Twitter mere moments after he announced that he was unfortunately dropping out of the TV show due to personal reasons, effectively dumping tens of thousands of women at once. To think that 12, no, I'm sorry, 27,722 women with earnest intentions and courage had used their precious time to apply. Makes me feel extremely remorseful to conclude and inform everyone with this selfish decision of mine, he wrote in a series of self-flagellating tweets. I'm truly sorry from the bottom of my heart. So what do we really think happened here? Do we think that his plan for going to the moon in 2023 like fell through was NASA like "Mm, homie that's not happening can NASA control that like can NASA say like we have a lot going on so you're just gonna have to put that off for a little bit I should know this I really should I'll look into it next up for the moon a rogue coven of baby witches apparently tried to hex her I won't rehash this story but this was a bizarre item on witch talk which is the witches of tiktok and they were annoyed that baby witches were trying to hex the moon i mean honestly how dare they again we talked about this on this podcast and it was weird at the time it's still weird now next up we found out she's wet At precisely 12 p.m. on October 26th, NASA finally announced an exciting lunar discovery. The moon, once believed to be dry as a bone, is wet all over. And we all know that water is the first step in life. So it's very likely that maybe life can be sustainable there one day. Next up, on Halloween, she went all out. A full moon on Halloween is rare. It only happens every 19 years or so, and that happened this year. And on top of that, it was a blue moon, which means that it was the second full moon of the month. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I believe that's what I looked up at the time and remember to be true. And on top of that, we discussed that wasn't this wasn't covered in this article, but we discussed on this podcast that the moon had a bag of shit left on it. And NASA just announced today, oh, I'm sorry, it was like multiple bags of shit and 96 pounds pounds of human waste, not just fecal matter, all sorts of other liquids and human matter. But NASA just announced today, I mean, we thought the Taylor News was big, hello, that They introduced the 18 astronauts forming the NASA Artemis family, which will return us to the moon and maybe pick up the literal shit we left there. They didn't put that in their Instagram post. And again, the cut didn't cover that in their article, but I'm glad I can be the investigative journalist that I am for you and let you know that that's what NASA has in store. All right, next up. This is the only part of the Olivia Jade interview that's worth watching by Amanda Arnold. Guys, I feel like a horrible host right now. I was just talking about my investigative journalism and I haven't watched this Red Table Talk yet. I literally had, I was like, okay, I'm going to put it on, on the car, on the way home so I can listen to it while I'm driving home. And I totally forgot to do it. And now I'm in the middle of this podcast and I'm on a roll and we're just going to keep on rolling. So if you haven't heard of Red Table Talk, it's hosted by Jada Pinka Smith, her mama and her daughter, Willow Smith. And it's kind of become the n- known as the show for getting kind of scandalous guests. And it really popped off when Jordan Woods went on after the Tristan-Chloe scandal when Jordan allegedly made out with Tristan, you know, the kiss heard around the world. So now they have on Olivia Jade. Olivia Jade, again, we've talked about the admission scandal, Varsity Blues, so like ad nauseum on here. But her mom is Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin is currently in jail for the bribery and the tomfoolery that she got into to get her daughters into USC, along with her husband, uh, Giuliano Massimo, who started the Massimo line at Target. So she comes from a very rich, a very famous, privileged, background and she actually was very is I I think she's stopped making movies or videos recently but she was a very popular YouTuber even before she got accepted into college. She would vlog in high school. She was friends with famous YouTubers like David Dobrik. So again, she was already kind of a big deal in the social media world and a lot of people who have got that sort of fame, like an Emma Chamberlain on YouTube, don't usually go to college. So it's bizarre to me because I swear she could have gotten a USC just based on her insane YouTube following and who her parents are, but whatever her parents bribed. They did fake Photoshop pictures of her rowing. Like she was rowing on a machine and they photoshopped that into like a, a kayak to make it look like, or what did they row? What do they row and rowing and crew? What's it called? A kayak, a boat, (laughs) whatever. They Photoshopped her into one of those things. Now, Again, I apologize that I haven't watched it, but I will explain to you what this article says and we can still discuss. So Amanda writes that there was no explosive claims or revelations. Instead, Olivia Jade's appearance today felt like the first leg of an apology tour. She admitted that her family messed up and she said she desired zero pity as she knows she's extraordinarily privileged. Simply, she continued, she wanted a second chance to be like, I recognized I messed up. And... This article then goes on to focus on this tweet and its sentiment, which says, I found the debate over whether Red Table Talks should give Olivia Jade a platform infinitely more interesting than anything Olivia had to say. All right. So Banfield, which is Jade's mom, that's her last name, said, I just found it really ironic that she chose three black women to reach out to for her redemption story. I feel like here we are, white women coming to black women for support when we don't get the same from them. And I mean, damn, mic drop. So I thought this was telling in a few ways. I kind of figured Red Table Talk had reached out to Olivia Jade because this seems like the perfect, uh, you know, interviewee subject for them. But this makes it seem like Olivia Jade must have a pretty powerful PR team working behind her right now because I think she was pretty coached throughout this whole thing. And again, though, that's just a powerful statement to me. And then she goes on to say that about OJ. Isn't it funny? Olivia Jade, like, goes by OJ. I've watched a couple of her YouTube videos, and I mean, it's just, that's a little tone deaf, like, I, yikes. (laughs) So, the grandma says that it's the epitome of white privilege, but then Jada counters, and she says, People look at us, they say you're black and you're female, and they automatically put us in a category. So looking at her as being white, young and privileged and then putting her in that category, it's the same thing. And I think that was such a generous statement of Jada and so open minded and willing to give OJ a platform that, yeah, maybe she doesn't deserve. But again, I see why this part of the conversation was way better than anything that happened with OJ herself. And then she also had Jada had a softer idea of what Olivia's role in the whole thing was. And she said that she thinks Olivia Jade is reaping the repercussions of some actions of her parents. And her mom said that she wasn't convinced that Olivia Jade didn't know what was going on. And the federal prosecutors also argued that Olivia Jade wasn't as innocent as she might claim. And I agree with that. Like, there, I'm sorry, there's no way Olivia Jade gets on this rowing machine and doesn't ask why the hell she's on this rowing machine and getting a picture taken of her and getting, like, you know, water on her face. Like, no. I'm sorry, unless you're just literally that oblivious. And I did hear on Juicy Scoop, she was talking about how Olivia went on about how. You know, having college counselors is very common in her friend group. So I get that she probably let her whole application process be in the hands of someone else. And that to me, I mean, is so privileged, but it's not shocking to me. But yeah, the pictures, I wish they had gone into more than that. That's also what Heather said on Juicy Scoop. And I totally agree with that because that to me is kind of the nail in the coffin that Olivia knew what was going on. And then throughout, uh, the article says that Willow acts as kind of the mediator between her mom and her grandma and saying she both sees both sides. And then, you know, they have this conversation before Olivia comes in and then Olivia comes in. So maybe I'll actually get around to watching that. I feel like I definitely need to do that after I'm done recording. All right. Our last article of the day. I think about George Lucas's cameo on the OC a lot by Lauren Pennington. Now, I haven't done one of these I think about a lot. I love these articles on The Cut. My first one I did was on the mayor, um, mayorcraft, the John Mayor cruise line, which to this day, please, if anyone is listening that has been on that, will you please reach out to me? I just want to have you on the show so badly. I know if this show just keeps incrementally growing and I mention the mayorcraft every like 10 episodes or show, eventually I'm going to get someone. I am confident. Okay, so this article says that George Lucas comes in on the penultimate episode of the show's second season, and I cannot believe I completely forgot about this plot line. Like, as I was rereading this, it all came back to me, but I'm so bad. Like, my sister's so good at keeping plot lines in her head. I consume so much media that it's, like, in one ear and out the other. So... The Newport crew is busy getting ready for prom, and it says true to form, Seth isn't sure whether he should go. He's been stuck in teen TV's most uninteresting love triangle with longtime paramour Summer and her new guy, Zach. Oh, I thought Zach was so dreamy, creamy, Mm. who also happens to have co-written a comic book with Seth that George Lucas, for insane suspension of disbeliefy reasons, is interested in developing into his next big blockbuster. Lucas has requested a meeting over dinner the very same night as prom. So the two decide to flip a coin to determine who will take Summer to the dance and who will attend the important meeting. Zach wins and Seth Seth can barely conceal his disappointment. Which is just, like, can you imagine, like, not being hyped out of your damn mind to go meet with George Lucas? Like, you're really contemplating going to prom instead? I mean, Summer, girl, you had a Venus flytrap you know what apparently so seth asks george if he made the right decision and george says prom is a great american tradition and it's important to experience being a teenager when you're actually a teenager and then he confess confesses that he missed out on such a pivotal teen experience himself And regretted it so much that he tried to recreate it by making American graffiti. And this is all Seth needs to hear. He excuses himself. He heads to the high school just in time to watch Summer be crowned prom queen and share a Hollywood kiss with her. Um, And apparently Zach already ditched prom to try and join the dinner meeting so George isn't left there alone at the fancy restaurant. I mean... I wonder how I felt when I was like a 16 year old watching that was I I probably was like oh my god Seth like I Seth could do no wrong in my book so I'm sure I was just like pining away wanting to be Summer and again I thought Zach was so hot too I was like oh this lucky a bitch but I love Summer so I couldn't even feel any hard feelings towards her anyways Lauren writes this which really makes me feel like maybe I would get along really well with Lauren. She says, In the 15 years since the episode aired, I have thought about it countless times because having a ridiculously famous person give me advice or simply listen to desires and fears of a mere mortal like me is pretty much my dream. And then she goes on to say, like, she understands that, you know, celebrities are just regular people too, but maybe they understand a little more just being like thrust into the the limelight. And I mean, I just think about that all the time. Like I I told you, I think about my cute Adal- Italian dinner at Via Corotta with Harry Styles, just like shooting the shit. Let me dream. And the OC had a ton of great cameos in this article reminded me of that. But can we take a moment of silence for the incredible musical performances on that show? I mean, they had Death Cab for Cutie, The Killers, Rooney. That was my iPod, sh- like Nana. What did I even have? And I had like the first generation iPod and that was like my go to. That was some John Mayer thrown in. Oh, honey. Mm. Anyways, now I just want to go rewatch the OC and I already have the whole box set. So maybe I need to do that. All right, on to today's legit shit. Now, I know last week I said that I was going to feature some things that I would like for Christmas, but I wanted to share one that I actually already own, but I think would make a great Christmas present to either yourself or a loved one in your life. Now, this I featured on one of my YouTube videos, but it's from a brand called Metier Essentials, M-E-T-I-E-R, and it's created by... Um, a lady named Tierney Schiff and she's a Villanova class of 23 so she's very young and like girl she has 24,000 followers on Instagram. Her jewelry is gold filled and I have a little herringbone necklace from her and I really I might eventually want like a solid gold herringbone but those can be so expensive and the fact that hers is gold filled it just lasts so well. I've literally worn it every day since I got it and I got it I don't even a long time ago, and they're so reasonably priced. I think mine costs around seventy dollars, which for something gold filled, which is kind of like the highest quality, like the most gold you can get before getting something that's solid gold, it's just great quality. So check her out if you've been looking for a really cute herringbone necklace. And I wanted to feature her since she's kind of like a more small business and she commented on my YouTube video saying that she watched my review and thank you for featuring her necklace. So I thought she'd be a perfect person to feature today. All right. Bye guys. I'll see you next week.